Hey everybody, it's Colin Ellis here for another Culture and Coffee podcast on Monday the 13th of September 2021. Is that the way? Is that the way I always start these podcasts? Hi everybody, it's Colin. Some kind of old-fashioned radio. I should do it like the, the Leslie Phillips opening. Well, hello. Actually, no, that sounds way too creepy. Yes, good morning, uh, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. I hope you're well. Hope you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend. I had a good weekend, even though I'm still locked down here in Melbourne. It was my birthday. And um, obviously, to make up for the fact that I couldn't go anywhere, I stayed in and did lots of things um, that I wouldn't normally do. It's a funny old thing with the old birthdays as you get older. Uh, I think I'm kind of at that stage of my life now where I have fond memories of kind of birthdays when I was younger. Not that I don't have any fond memories of, of recent birthdays, of course, but, but you, you do start thinking back, you know, oh, when I was 14, when I was 15, I got a BMX. Um, but I had a good birthday. I, although I'm still getting presents for my birthday now that I got what like I got when I was 15. So I got a new turntable for my record. I love vinyl, right? Yeah, I'm a one of these old-fashioned guys. I love my vinyl records. Um and it, at the start of the year I realized that I'm still using the same record player that I had in the UK. So it actually emigrated with us. My my wife bought it for me for my birthday or Christmas back in the UK. Like so this is pre-2007. So it was at least 14 years old. And I think I still had the same needle on it that time, which I look after my turntable. So anyway, I got a new turntable. I also got some uh, uh, vouchers for records. So I picked those up yesterday. I bought Wood Face by Crowded House, classic. Uh, Seldom Seen Kid by Elbow. And Songs of Faith and Devotion by Depeche Mode, which I can't believe I didn't have that uh, on vinyl. Uh, absolutely brilliant. Um and then spent the rest of the day eating cake and drinking whiskey and watching, like, the rest of the day. I didn't start the day by drinking whiskey. I just want to just make that clear. Uh, that only kicked in about four o'clock, I think, yeah. You know, I allow myself an earlier start on my birthday, four o'clock. My, my, my daughter, bless her, as well as making me a candle. Uh, I should plug a candle business, shouldn't I? Maybe I should make... <laughs> Her candle business and officially, she, so she makes candles. She makes Harry Potter themed candles. So maybe, maybe I'll just you, you'll just indulge me here. I'll do a little advert. I'm going to say today's culture and coffee podcast is sponsored by Magic and Matches for all your Harry Potter themed candle needs. Buy your candle today. Yeah, free advertising. Yeah, so she uh, she runs a candle website. It's called Magic and Matches. It's on Etsy. T-S-Y.com, Etsy.com. Um, yeah, so as well as making me a coffee candle, which smells amazing, she also made me a delicious sponge cake as well. I'm an old-fashioned guy when it comes to... I'm saying the word old-fashioned a lot here. I'm not old-fashioned in my thinking, you'd be pleased to know. Um, I just like some old-fashioned things. So my mum used to make this sponge cake, which was a layer of jam, a layer of cream, a layer of jam. That's it. And so I pretty much worked my way through that over the weekend and watched The Godfather 1 and The Godfather 2, which have to be watched on separate dates because they're so long. And I just thought it must have been great to be Francis Ford Coppola, who has directed some of the world's greatest movies, including those two movies, and Apocalypse Now being another. And um, like he, so, so he wrote and directed Godfather 1 along with Mario Puzo. 
And it, like when that came out, international acclaim, one of the best movies ever. It's fantastic. And then he went and made a. The second one is better than the first. Like, how do you do that? Fabulous. Anyway, so that's what I did for my birthday. Mob movies, whiskey, miscellaneous whiskey. I got a, a Spring Bay whiskey. Spring Bay is one of my favourite little distilleries. It's on um, uh, It's on the island of Tasmania, uh, which is south of where we are uh, here in Australia, for those of you who don't know the Australian geography. Um, yeah, it's a lovely little distillery down there. Um, so, uh, yeah, there we go. Um, but, but this morning, let's get on to the coffee, actually, um, because coffee is a trip down memory lane in itself as well. Uh, when we first landed in New Zealand back in 2007, like major culture shock, I think I've mentioned that in the past. We got married earlier that year in 2007. Um, we got married in New York. There's a whole story around that, which I won't go into. My wife was pregnant with our second child and we were due like in four months, I think, when we first, when we landed, nine, ten, three months. The baby was due in three. We didn't know anybody in New Zealand, by the way, mental bonkers. We were trying to sell our our house in the UK to fund our move, which we didn't end up doing. So we had to borrow money from our in-laws. I'd been to Wellington in New Zealand once for two days uh, to to try and get a job. So we didn't really know much about it. We didn't even know they had earthquakes, right, which was rectified in the December of that year when we had a magnitude 7 earthquake. Absolutely terrifying. Um, but we loved the coffee, like absolutely just loved the coffee, having only, you know, not really drunk it. I mentioned that on the previous podcast. And, you know, in the days my wife was trying to keep two young kids amused, she used to come into Wellington and kind of go around the little coffee shops that they had. So many great spots in, in Wellington. And anyway, so I don't know, it must have been like the kids were about two. So she happened upon this place called Memphis Bell Coffee House. And Memphis Bell Coffee House is kind of right in the heart of the, I don't know what you would call it, in Wellington. There's a really kind of cool little area down Cuba Street and kind of around that area. Anyway, it was located down there. And she was like, oh, you've got to, you know, you have to come, you have to meet me for coffee. So I did, and I went and met for coffee. Uh, And it was this kind of little... it was a small little place, but it was full of like recycled furniture, and I don't know. There was just it. It just felt cool. Like it was the kind of place where you immediately felt out of place. Not in a you, this is not welcoming. It's not for you. But just I don't know. It was just it was a really cool. And it just became a fate. Just completely became a favorite. So it was. Um, Memphis Bell was a brainchild of Richard Corney, Nick Clark, Matt Grayley. They created Flight Coffee. Anyway, so when our, the suburb that we were living in New Zealand needed great coffee because it didn't have it. Um, and I managed to save just a little bit of money uh, for us to open a coffee shop. Uh, we had no idea what we were doing, like literally no idea. We'd never, you know, it's not like my wife and I had worked in hospitality. We just thought this would be a good thing for the suburb is to open up a coffee shop, as you do, learn to become baristas. You know, my wife was juggling two young kids while I was working full time. <laughs> just bonkers. I can't believe some of the stuff we used to do. Um, anyway, because of Memphis Bell, we were always leaning towards going with those guys. And we went around, we did a bunch of tours around a bunch of roasteries. Some lovely people, you know, telling us the process and all of that. Um, but we just, I think we just really wanted to work with the Flight Coffee team. Like Richard's passion for coffee, we just got swept along with that and... Nick made a killer cup of coffee and didn't really see Matt. Saw Matt at the start, but then I think he went off to South America 
to do some work with raw material, which is the sort of business that they have about working with growers. But we, we, we spent most of our time when we set up the coffee shop. There was a guy uh, called Trev. He was, he was like a manager at the time. And he uh, used to pop in. He was local. And it, he was awesome. And just the support that they gave us. Like, we felt like we were gate crashing the hipster party, but we loved every minute. Anyway, I think Trev eventually became part of the, the team. Um, but anyway, so with that st- sense of nostalgia, I just thought I'd order some of their beans from New Zealand and feature them on the podcast. So, sure, here we go. So today's coffee is a uh, Kintamani from the Batu Kang region of Bali, uh, which isn't a million miles away from where we are. I think it's like four hours from Perth, flight to here, if I ever get to go to Perth again, and then three hours again from there, I think, or three and a half. It's like seven, eight hour flights to Bali. Um, and it's roasted by Flight Coffee in New Zealand. So let me... It's got, uh, it says here on the card, which they sent with it. It's got, uh, it tastes like pineapple, watermelon, and golden kiwi fruit. Def- definitely get in the watermelon. And anyway, it's absolutely delicious. Uh, it's, so it's it's naturally processed uh, as well, for those of you who are keeping up with that. And as ever, it was um, brewed on our uh, filter coffee machine. All right, this week I'm going to talk about tools. Collaboration tools. So the podcast this week is a request, which is always nice. If you've got any requests, anything like me to cover, drop me a note, cde at culturefix.xyz, or you can message me on LinkedIn, which is what Lewis Chin did. He messaged me on LinkedIn and said, can you do a, a podcast about collaboration tools? Lewis is in Costa Rica. Uh, and, and Lewis, if you're listening, well, I hope you're listening. I'm recording this podcast for you. You better be listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like a podcast where you threaten the people you invite people to write in and then you threaten them for not listening uh i haven't been able to get my hands on a costa rica I, if i'm honest i didn't go looking because i knew i was doing the flight coffee thing this morning but i will go looking for a costa rican coffee because i know they do awesome coffee um so yeah let's talk about collaboration tools um when the pandemic first hit so this was gosh when was it now early 2020 you know what i saw was that organizations there was like a tsunami of, of of tools that got rolled out. I'm doing the air quotes, rolled out. And by rolled out, what I mean is it was on your desktop the next morning and you were like, who put this here? Why is it Microsoft Teams? What's this? I'll come back to Microsoft Teams. What's this? Why have I got this on my on my desktop? That's what we mean by rolling technology out. It's just kind of by stealth implementing it on people's laptops. Uh, so things like uh, Zoom and Trello and Miro and Slack and Google Meet, and of course, of course, Microsoft Teams. So Microsoft had launched Teams kind of as a bit of a pilot. I think, I remember doing the research for the book, I think it was like 2017. But they haven't really put much development time into it. Anyway, they were getting to a point in late 2019 where it had become a tool that they wanted to be used more, more, more wisely. And I actually spoke at a Microsoft event uh, in in Melbourne in 2019, and was talking to someone from Microsoft, and I said, "Oh, you know, kind of, what are you most excited?" About? I, you know, because I often use for me when I speak at conferences and events, I use those as an opportunity to find out what organisations are doing. Right? You know, it's it's a good way for me to because I don't work within other people's cultures every day. Um, it's still 
it's still a good opportunity to, to for me to find out. You know, I, I ran back to that culture workshops last week, and you know, as well as making sure that we get the outputs from the from the sessions, and they were virtual, and they were great sessions. I loved them. It's also, you know, it's just a really good opportunity for me to find out what tools you use and how you're using them, all of those kinds of things. Um, yeah. So, so by by the end of 2019, so they were really excited about about Teams, and by the end of 2019, they had like 20 million users, and then because of the pandemic. It that by by March it was like forty four million, and then by April it was seventy five million, and then like within the next year, so by April twenty twenty one, it's one hundred and forty five million users of Microsoft Teams, which is absolutely amazing, amazing. Uh, but it's I guess it's a recognition that with the pandemic we recognised that there was a place for tools, not that the. Never was because, you know, as I often say, great cultures use these things all of the time. They embrace technology. And the thing that gets in the way of technology being used is, of course, behavior. It's never the tools. It's never the tools. I've mentioned this in, in, in the past. The tools are good, they're there, but, but, but it's, it's the behavior of individuals. Or else the organization hasn't done enough to understand is this something that we need right now? Is this going to is this going to en- en- enhance the way that we work together? You know, and I remember reading a quote from Steven Spielberg who said that technology can be our best friend and technology can also be the biggest party pooper of our lives. And I think, you know, kind of what he meant by that other than finding an acceptable way to use the word pooper. <laughs> I'm so childish. Uh, is is that if we don't use it in the right way, if we don't use it in the way it was intended, then it just gets in the way. It just gets in the way. I've been saying this about email for years. For years I've been talking about email. Um, and I mentioned this on my email uh, uh, podcast, is that when you join an organization, like there should be a really structured induction and, and as part of my, I'm doing a, some some webinars. So look out for those. If you listen to this real time, look out for those. If you listen to this, I don't know, in October, 2021 or afterwards, head over to culture makers community, culturemakers.community. Uh, I'm going to do some webinars on uh, induction and onboarding and those kind of things to make sure that people get that kind of, you know, insight into culture. You know, what we do is we give people a laptop. If you're lucky, we give people a laptop and a phone, and then, but we're not, we don't tell them how to use any of the tools. We don't say, here's email. We use email as a way of confirming conversations or expectations. We use email to send over documents that, that, that we can't send over via collaboration tools, you know, which is they're the reasons for using email. Instead, we just say, there you go, there's your laptop, there you go, you got that, yeah. You know how to log in? There you go. Yeah, it's a complicated process. Yeah. Yeah, there's a password. Yeah, you, yeah, you won't remember that. Don't worry. We'll, we'll ask you to reset it about a billion times a year uh, because we don't trust you. Um, <laughs> you, should, you should reset your password, kids. Um, and there you go. There, there's email. What we want you to do is fall into the same practices as everybody else, send a million every day and copy everybody in. That's how we like to collaborate. <laughs> Slightly cynical view, but you know what I mean, right? You know what I mean is we don't, we don't, we don't actually show people how to use it in the right way, and in a way that enhances culture. And worldwide spend on technology to support collaboration is going to increase. They estimate by six point two percent, which is which is a lot, 
which is a lot like CIO, chief, chief information officers probably already panicking right now. It's like, how am I going to spend this money? How am I going to spend this money? The world is looking at me. Hey, you've been asking for it for years. So yeah, 6.2%. Um, and so we end up with, with, with lots of tools and we don't really know how to use them. So there are two different kinds of collaboration tools, right? The synchronous and asynchronous. So synchronous tools is really all about real-time collaboration. So Slack is a good example of real-time collaboration. So, so me and my team were very disciplined about the way that we use collaboration tools. So Slack is, you know, is almost an immediate community. If you need me, you know, Slack me, we'll say. Um, and, you know, we've agreed how we will use those. So, so synchronous is all about real-time, immediate responses, whereas asynchronous is, is about, you know, kind of allowing people to communicate without the need for um, an immediate response. So email is a great example of an asynchronous tool. And yet there are many people who believe that email is a synchronous tool and they get really cross when they don't get an immediate response to the email. Right? Are you one? Are you one of those people? Yeah. Right. Um, now, when you understand the kind of tool email is and how it should be used, you're like, okay, well, I'm sending this note as a for information to set expectations, whatever it might be, but I don't expect immediate response. So, email is an asynchronous tool. Right. But 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 if you don't know the difference there, then that's a good sign that your organisation really hasn't done enough to help you best understand kind of how to use the technology. And, and having the technology is one thing, but then knowing how to use it properly is a completely different thing. It frustrates the life out of me when, when and, I, and I hear it all, all the time, all the time, got quite cross then, all the time, I hear it all the time, is when it's like, yeah, we've got Microsoft Teams, don't really know how to use it. Like I, I, I spoke with one organization. I was like, right, okay, so we're going to do the two days via Zoom. What, what, what we need to do is if, if, if are you going to, are you going to run the Zoom rooms or do you want me to run the Zoom rooms? Because I'm quite happy to be the host. And they were like, what are Zoom rooms? I was like, are you kidding me? So you don't know how to use Zoom? Well, it got rolled out to everybody and um, we were shown how to set up a meeting. Like, you know, it, just teach people how to use stuff properly. I remember, I remember, Microsoft Project, right? So this was this must have been early two thousands, easily the early two thousands. And um, my boss said to me, because we had to renew licenses, he said, "Oh, uh, what tools do you need?" I was like, "We need Microsoft Project." He's like, "I gotta be honest with you, it's like it's pretty rubbish." I was like, Are "You kidding me?" I was like, "It's literally the best tool that there was in the day back then for scheduling." projects. I was like, it's the best tool. It's the best tool. I was like, your problem is that you haven't been on a training course. We sent him on a training course and he was like, this is the best thing ever because you learn how to use it properly, right? It's like that urban myth about, you know, you only ever use 5% of Microsoft Office's capability. And I remember the last version of Office, I did a training course and there's just so much stuff if we learn how to use these properly, because in order to get the collaboration that we need, we need people to understand the kind of tool it is, know how to use it properly, and then agree how all these tools will be used together, right? That it, it's really important that we understand all of that. If you wanna get the, the, the collaboration, you know, what we want to do is to bring everything together. We've got all of these kind of methods and tools and 
kind of cultures that we have within our organization. It's called syncretism, which I'm going to, I'm going to blog about actually in a couple of weeks time. And we need them to all work together. We need them to all work together. And part of that will be helping people with their behavior change because people have got into bad habits with using to like, like email and documents rather than sharing them uh, via collaboration tools or, you know, not using spaces in the way that they were intended or not using Slack in the way that it was intended is that you have to agree how you can, you're gonna, you need some principles of collaboration. It's a big part of my culture program. We agree some principles of collaboration. Um, and then we have to help each other with behavior change. So when someone sends you a document by email, you have to write back, say, you know, hey, Joe, thanks for sending this. However, in future, can you send this via Slack going forward? That's how we agreed that we would use it. Right. And then what you do then is, is you're helping people to grow and evolve over time such that we're starting to use the tools um, in the way that they were intended. Um, yeah. And, 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 and so when it comes to collaboration, what we don't want and, and using tools effectively, what we're not trying to do is replicate what we did in real life virtually. If anything, what we're doing is looking at what we did in, in kind of in the previous way that we worked and say, how does this new tool enhance that? So if we're using a tool like Trello, which is like a visual Kanban board, which I love, the team and I've been using that for five, six years, ever since I've been working for myself, you know, where you can see tasks and, and, and track them. It's a case of, okay, well, so instead of us producing a team task list, what we're going to do is we're going to put it in Trello. We're going to have separate boards for each individual. So it's all there. It's all visible. Or we're going to have one board where we can drag the task across whoever's working on that particular thing, you know, and, and, and we're just going to agree that that's what we're going to do going forward. Um, and that's going to replace uh, kind of the, the writing it up on the whiteboard, which we used to do. All right. So we can still do it. We can still do our stand-ups. But what we're going to do is we're going to actually do it on Trello. And, and when you think about hybrid working moving forward, you know, Trello is a, is a great example. Of this, this podcast is not sponsored by Trello, by the way. If anything, it's sponsored by Magic and Matches. Um, it's not sponsored by Trello, but Trello is a really, it's a good tool. It's a tool that I really like using. And, and so, you know, you've got that agreement and then it's about helping each other uh, with behavior change. What we're not trying to do is replicate it. But you also need the discipline. You also need the rules. You know, one of the things that, that when Microsoft surveyed its own workforce is they found that chat messages between 6 p.m. and midnight increased by 52%. 52%. So, you know, you want to make sure that the, the, the kind of rules and yeah, yeah, yes, it partly might have been down to the, 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 the distribution of its workforce and the fact that uh, kind of people were, because people were uh, forced into working at home, maybe they were working different times. So again, it, it, as an organization, you have to have these principles, you have to agree, how are you going to use the tools such that you get the collaboration uh, that you're looking for. Um, one one last thing I'll say on on collaboration tools is it's important that you keep the information as secure as you possibly can as well. We've we've seen a you know eighty two percent increase in cyber attacks. So, you know three hundred and fifty million dollars in ransomware was was paid out last year, um, and and so you know when you're using these collaboration tools, recognize that there are, that there may be potential vulnerabilities and don't click on websites like here's what your favorite child stars look like now 
<laughs> I mean, good IT policies, hopefully, in place to stop all of that stuff happening. Um, but yes, so so I guess the final word on collaboration tools for a let, get on with your day is make sure any tool that you introduce adds value to the way that you work together. Uh, recognize that it's going to need behavior change and you have to help each other to change that behavior into, in order to brace the, embrace the tool because you're only ever going to get the value out of it if you change the behavior. If it's not working, ask yourself why and potentially stop using it. We have thrown out a couple of tools that we piloted that didn't work and that's why you have pilots to, to find out whether these uh, things uh, actually work. And the last thing is don't try and replicate what you did before by using the collaboration tool. Come up with a whole new way of working around that. Wherever you are in the world, have a lovely day and look forward to chatting soon on the next episode of the Culture and Coffee podcast.